Cornstruck with Clark and Alyssa. I will tell you what. Oh. I okay. am very much in the same place that Hermione is in in these chapters. Yeah. <laughs> it's not great. <sighs> not great. Well, your hair is way more kept than hers. That's because I haven't showered for days. And so I mask that with cool braids. <laughs> it works. That's how they used to do it, right? That's right. I've seen a, I've seen a Knight's Tale. It's the, Nothing but braids. It's the Jane Austen trick. <laughs> it's too early for an episode title, Alyssa. Ooh. Can't just go saying catchy stuff like that. Says who? We make the rules. <laughs> Season two. This is anarchy. Uh, wrong podcast. Is it, though? Is it? Well, it's not season two for one. (laughs) Rats. Shoot. Oh, rats. Is that a Scabbers reference? Perhaps. Mm. Per rats? Per rats. (laughs) Oh, that's so bad. Man, you are a Uh, little loopy, a little loopy looping today. It's been a week. Yeah, it's been a week. That's, I'm, I've got three finals at once. That, that's where I'm at. Yeah. All, like, same time slot. Same time. <laughs> I have to be in three different rooms. Oh, man. And predict the future. It's it's too much. <laughs> we got to watch over lunch break. One of my coworkers realized that the first of the month is on a Tuesday and not a Monday. And um, watches all of his plans came crashing down in his no. head. Because he was planning on leaving for Butte for the weekend because he goes to college in Butte. Yeah. What a strange creature. Yeah. I didn't know those actually existed. (laughs) They're out there. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. He had planned on being in Butte all weekend and into Monday and just missing Monday, but then realizing that his final was actually on a Tuesday. So, yeah. Rough, rough day for him. Anyway, wow. Wow, wow, wow. We're, it's disorienting. Uh, disorienting. So I should suppose we should uh, orient the listeners as to where we where we are, what we're talking about. What are we doing here? In this, the it episode. The it? <laughs> the it. The it. <laughs> it's Pence. Um, <laughs> we are reading chapters 15 and 16 of The Prisoner of Azkaban. Which today. is a Harry Potter book. Say what? Yeah, Harry Potter and the Prisoner Yeah, you're the only one who didn't know that, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Prisoner of Azkaban was a Netflix show about white women in jail. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, gosh. So what happens in chapter... uh, The chapters that we're talking about. In chapter the one that I wasn't listening to. Yeah, what happens there? I was too busy thinking of really bad quips. 15, yeah, what happened there? Chapter 15 is the Quidditch final. So in this chapter, Ron and Hermione reconcile. Hermione hits Malfoy and quits divination, and Gryffindor wins the Quidditch Cup after the most thrilling match yet of the series. So I think. I haven't checked with Clark on that. It's pretty thrilling. Yeah, so she hit it, she quit it, she quit it. And it's a good chapter. That was the lame quip you were thinking of when you weren't listening to me. Totally worth it. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I'm not a good friend. Um... (laughs) So yeah, thrilling match. Eh, definitely the most brutal match. I am realizing I recently have gone to a couple of baseball games. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think the most entertaining games, at least 
around here tend to be the ones where people make a lot of errors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they... you're like, what? That's not supposed to happen. Oh my gosh, run, go. Yeah, yeah. They like drop an obvious fly ball and lose like a four point lead. Or overthrow first yeah. base or whatever. Yeah. And like you're that's for certain people that just drives them bonkers because mm-hmm. like those are errors. Those are not demonstrations of skill. Like, yeah. And it's like, well, but they're thrilling because it's not supposed to go that way. <laughs> and and it's right? minor leagues. So like you're not gonna get like Yeah. Yeah. Really stellar if you she, know, if you want to watch a bunch of people be robots, okay. Yeah, I don't. I, like, I don't watch the game for the perfect watch robots. Yeah, game. yeah. And and some people watch the game for the incredible show of athleticism, which don't go to minor league games. Yeah, then. so it's like okay, the the games with the errors are kind of the fun ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. in the same way that I think this game with a lot of the broken rules mm-hmm. makes it kind of fun to spectate. Yeah, there's all these foul shots. There's, you know, it's. I mean, it's a rough game. They are not playing nice, yeah. and and almost unrealistically so, because I feel like she yanked Katie's hair, like her ponytail, like pulled her down off of her broom. That's like, have you seen that that gif of the soccer players and like one of them's backing up onto the other one, and then she like somebody she like pulls on her shorts and then the other girl just like grabs her ponytail and just yanks her to the ground Oof! it's just like Ugh. Oof. man that's what it reminded me of though where it's just like instead of going for the quaffle she just went for katie's head and just like pulled her down I'm like oh man it's brutal and yeah. i think the unrealistic part would be the slytherins are that brutal and mm-hmm. the gryffindors don't take the bait yeah i mean they foul them back just about every time it says Okay, they did this, so Fred and George hit him in the face. Like, he gave him a pretty bad bloody nose. I don't know. I think yeah. they 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 were trying to play a cleaner game, especially they were ahead. So, you know, they were trying to make it pretty clear, don't do that. I guess I, I, I was feeling that, that uh, resurgence of annoyance at the, like, holier-than-thou Gryffindor way of, like... Mm-hmm rising above which is not something to scoff at or have a problem with however like yeah. it it just i i have a hard time <laughs> believing I, that i have a question especially because gryffindors they're just so reactive yeah you have a question i do sorry it's okay um so wood is always talking to harry about strategies 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 correct me if i'm wrong here isn't harry's strategy find the snitch and catch it like Woods. yeah wait until we're 50 points over got it okay like that's it that's it like i don't know what he keeps telling harry maybe he's just telling harry about all the positions all the things that the whole team needs to do and maybe the plays that they're planning out two things maybe not maybe would definitely is a micromanaging captain. Yeah. yeah like 100%. if Wood could be every position, <laughs> he would. Yeah. yeah, this is true. And then two, I think that above all, there like the whole team is concerned for Harry's welfare. Mm. And I mm. don't know if that's a byproduct of Harry saying, Oh well, Sirius Black's out to get me. Yeah, you know. I don't know if that factors into it at all. Because he said it so frankly to Oliver, 
but they i mean he goes everywhere with an escort so that people so that he doesn't get jumped in the hallways yeah and i get that because the game cannot end until harry or malfoy catches the snitch yeah which i mean i guess technically that's not true the game cannot end until the snitch is caught yes Yes. And Harry is the best at doing that for the Gryffindors. Yes. So they want to protect him and they don't want him to, you know, not even get to play and they don't want him to be attacked on the field. And so I suspect that a lot of that strategy is here's how we keep you safe Mm. while we get enough points. Yeah. So that we can actually win the Quidditch Cup. It's like if you're being chased by a beater, then go over here and this person will get them off of you or if yeah. you're being chased by two people then go here and like essentially how to evade and dodge people to it's like yeah. some people draw attention yeah. which harry totally did at one point he, oh, yeah. he drew attention to relieve stress on other people which i think would be a play well yeah and it's had- not a called play because it seems like they never have timeouts. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah i don't know and then he did get two people chasing him at one time, and he made them run into each other. Ah, classic. Classic, right? Uh, Cue the circus music. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Benny Hill time. So, Quidditch. Yay. Uh, he caught the snitch. He faked Mal- Malfoy out that one time. Uh, and then... and then They won the cup. Malfoy almost beat him. Mm, kind of. Almost. Like, he was, he was getting it, and... Yeah, I mean, if Harry had been on a different broom, and it Harry would like have been real close. knocks his hand away. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty close. It was a good amount of drama. It'll make for a good little was, scene in the movie, I'm sure. I, I, I mean, I think the 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 unclean nature of the game was part of the thrill, mm-hmm. and then like, I there there was just something about it felt like they really could lose. Yeah. For a lot of it. Yeah. And it felt like this wasn't a safe place for a lot of it, too. Yeah. No reason and, they couldn't. I mean, Rowling's okay with them not winning. Mm-hmm. Like, so it, she's done it before. So. It, it, you know how sometimes you, you go to some games and you just feel like, I mean, obviously. Yeah. These people are going to win. Yeah. And it goes according to plan. This was not that at all. No. And so yeah. that I think that's what made it fun. Yeah. I think so. It was good. Still a Quidditch heavy chapter, but there's a lot of other stuff worth talking about in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Not, a, not a lot of stuff, but some stuff. Like for one, <laughs> I think we've pinpointed the moment where where Ron kind of fell for Hermione. Like, or at least maybe not fell for, but gained a whole new level of respect and admiration for Hermione. That's different than falling in love or getting a crush or whatever. But it's certainly a moment where Ron's like, oh, oh, this Hermione girl. Wow. She's she's a firecracker. (laughs) And we see that when she slaps Malfoy and then like is going back for like, hold me back. Hold (laughs) me back. And Ron's just like, Hermione. (laughs) It's just like, yep, there we go. There it is where he's like, oh, she's more than just this this little bookworm that talks too much and i'm just like finally ron we've known this get with the program <laughs> we've known sir. this for a long time <laughs> like hermione's the coolest character in the book 
right? And then Hagrid, and then eh, probably the Weasley brothers, and then somewhere in there is Harry. Lupin. Lupin? Lupin? Yeah. I'm like, hello, your favorite character. Yeah, Lupin's great. <laughs> Where is he in your list? And then probably Scabbers, and then Harry, mm, about 12 other people, and then Ron. <laughs> Snape. Yep. Snape. Yeah, Snape's cooler than Ron. He <laughs> at least has like an interesting backstory. Anyway, uh, yeah, so Hermione. What a what a cool chick. She drops out of divinations too. Eh? Eh? Yeah, she yeah. calls Trelawney on a parent bull. I don't I mean Trelawney's so full of it, man. I guess it could be real. <sighs> nah. Nah. I mean because even Trelawney is like like she was all bummed out and then a student's like oh remember you said that vague thing about someone leaving and then she like got the smile back in her face like yes oh yes I have known that Hermione was leaving the whole time and I'm like no you didn't no you didn't like the only time I believe what Trelawney said in the next chapter that's it like that's it and maybe she's seen the Grimm and Harry's whatever like she's seen some stuff that strikes but like all of this putting on an act. Oh yes, no, I knew Hermione was leaving. This is not a surprise. It's like, no, it's a surprise. I don't think you saw this coming. Uh, I don't know. Trelawney's so annoying. I wish, I wish she was like, let's get her out of here. If it's between her and Lupin, let's get her out of here. Anyway, all that to say, yeah. What do you think? Uh, Hermione slapped, uh, Malfoy slapped, smacked, hit, I believe in the text, it's smack, all caps, like Ooh. Batman style. Nice. Pow, zap, kablooey. Nice. Yeah. So I have always interpreted that as a slap, because smack to me is the sound that a slap makes. Yes. I think other people have interpreted it as a punch. Uh, in my mind, a smack engages the palm a lot more than a slap. Yeah, me a too. Slap is f- a slap can just be fingers. And it's about the surprise and just that that sharp little that sting, but smack—that's whole hand. That's that's getting your forearm into it. That's really working it. So in my mind, it's an open-handed strike. So not a punch, not a slap, because the slap is just for the effect. It's just for the shock. But I think the smack, open-handed, palm makes full contact. Ow. It totally could be backhand, too. Ooh, jeez. I didn't even think about that. I've, I've never thought about that until just now. Ron passes out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such a triumphant moment. It's a good moment. It's a really good moment. I mm. thought it was coming later Oh yeah. in this book. And so when it happened, I was like, it was it was coming up. I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We're pretty far Today. in the book. Yeah. Yeah, I gonna, I thought it was a couple of chapters later. Huh. They're going to have to tie together a lot of loose ends here, like, quick. <laughs> like, four chapters left, five chapters left? Six. Six chapters left. Uh, okay, yes. Three three episodes after this one. Okay. And then the movie. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, so excited. Yeah, it's just nice to see Malfoy, who's always, always running his mouth. Like, that's... Malfoy is such a shallow character, and one thing he's always doing is talking smack, and it's just <laughs> so nice for him to actually, you know, get some smack in return, get a smack in return, not heroin. Um, <laughs> well, she is a heroine, but in a different way. <laughs> you're, just, you're just digging. You're Whoa. digging down there. Anyway, 
what else? Yeah, Hermione has has a journey in this chapter because we go from like, I mean, she's she's been in an interesting place for several chapters of of emotionally inaccessible and and cut off because Harry and Ron were mm-hmm. you know screening her out, and now she like she and Ron reconcile. Yeah. They made up really swiftly. Yeah, which I mean, I was I was saying that last chapter where I'm like, I hope this whole Buckbeak thing brings them together, and then yep, brought them together. That's what it was. That's it what was it, good. That's what it needed to be. I mean, what else can they all rally around that they all like need to be like, okay, let's let's do it for Hagrid. So, and do it for Buckbeak too. Mm-hmm. That ferret even eating lovely thing. <laughs> I think I'd get along with Hagrid so well. You are Hagrid. I know, but I'd get along with him well, too. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, they reconciled. That's nice. They reconcile, and it's good. And and Hermione even apologizes. Yeah. She doesn't necessarily. She says, Ron, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about Scabbers. So she doesn't necessarily yeah. take any responsibility or, or well. admit any any guilt of her cat or any of that, which. Yeah, I suppose. It felt like enough for me. Which we then learned the next the next chapter. She didn't need to do, obviously. Yeah. But she didn't need to do it no matter what. I don't know. I I think it was I enough. I wondered if Ron needed her to own what happened. Oh, like more completely? Yeah. I would have ugh. I would have been done with Ron. Yeah. No, I it, <laughs> it would have been so infuriating for yeah. like But I mean, she's kind of throughout been like she's not an easy friend but none of them are i don't know it's it's hard it's hard it's uh so i i was just glad that like she apologized in a way that was enough for ron yeah yeah and like it doesn't need to be enough for me doesn't need to be enough for you it needed to be enough for the wronged party yeah and it was and then begins hermione's journey of unusual (laughs) action yeah, yeah where she sleeps through charms mm-hmm. and who knows how many other classes because she probably was at other classes at the same time she was at charms i mean she as far as we know she only apologizes to flitwick as far as she as far as we know as far as we know yeah yeah and and she smacks malfoy or mm. yeah smack and then <laughs> she just erupts mm-hmm. at Trelawney in a really yeah. satisfying, sassy way to the point that like she doesn't have to take the final. She all out drops. Yeah, she's done. She is done. I wonder how that works because I know a lot of classes, if you get in that deep like and you drop it's out. It's incomplete. It's incomplete like you fail it. Mm-hmm. Like and it stays on your record as like a failure sometimes. I wonder with all of the classes that she's taking, if that will balloon her GPA enough. Mm, probably not. Plus, McGonagall seems like someone, especially McGonagall's relationship with Trelawney. I think she'd be like, eh, we can make that go away. It's oh, a yeah. nonsense class anyway. Oh yeah, she she goes to McGonagall and she's like, I was gonna say something yeah. when you enrolled. And I tried to talk you out. She probably tried to talk her out of divination. Like, yeah, you could take it. Yeah. 
I wonder if it's required. Personally. There are better endeavors. No, it's not. It's not. Okay. It's it's an elective. Okay. That's um at mm. at the beginning of this book, early maybe around chapter six. Sure. Okay. Uh, they Harry talks about he chose these two. Oh, okay. Divination. And Hermione chose also Muggle studies and arithmetic. I love Muggle studies. That's so funny. She, I bet she's good at that. I bet she overthinks it way too much. I don't know. If you had to write a paper on like how electricity worked, like, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe it would be a hard class because, well, it would certainly make you question your whole life. Well, she she wanted to take that because she thought it would be fascinating to learn about it from the other side. Mm. So it's mm. sort of like taking, like for me, it would be it would be like not taking a philosophy class, but like a Christianity class as taught by. Oh yeah, Muslims or just like a world religion class with the slant like that talks about that, that focuses, focuses on specifically on the thing that I. Yeah. was raised in, yeah. taught by someone who was not raised in that thing. Yeah, that'd be interesting. It's definitely a different side of Hermione, that's for sure. And <clears throat> we see some of her fighting spirit, and I think a lot of it has to do with how stripped down she is in her, with her patience, and yeah. there's there's just nothing left. There's a one point that she is described as um, looking about as ragged as Lupin. Yeah, I remember that. She had the same bags under her eyes as Lupin. It was like, oh, yeah. honey, like yeah. that's that's not a good place to be. It's not because he was not described very favorably. The, the thirty-year-old man with gray hair—that's yeah. <laughs> that's your future if you keep overworking yourself like this. Oh, Hermione, uh, it's it's interesting. I think i think this is a good thing though for her to find this side of herself i think it took this to find that voice to find that fighting spirit like you said and i mean she's found a fighting spirit before but it was always like for the sake of survival or for the sake of like protecting someone but this is like that self-preservation like this is that whole like enough of this nonsense like this is i'm taking control of my life yeah it's it's the warrior in her there's yeah, there's yeah. the the calculated, like, analyst yeah. that that we've seen in every instance, or or panic, like, yeah. I don't know, I don't know what to do, and like we've seen her stock still, unable to fight a cave troll that's yeah. threatening yeah. her life, and we've gone from that to will will fight with her own hands, yeah against like someone who's not actually a physical threat but she like will strike first which is interesting and someone arguably who would do a lot of damage to her yeah he's he's not someone who will pull punches though man he got his butt kicked because she smacked him he doesn't know how to fight like a muggle but (laughs) yeah but she pulled out her wand and he took a big step back and like did not like he scurried it was great because he was convinced that someone like that would never try to hit him man life's gonna be real tough for that guy realizing just how much the world uh fights back yeah well just doesn't care (laughs) just does not you are you are a speck on the universe's shoe um sometimes anyway good stuff can we talk about okay like the the like really important stuff in this chapter plot wise. I mean, Hermione, not to downplay 
Hermione's rise in the Okay, Crookshanks with the dog? What's uh what's uh how about that? What's that? What's that? What's that, Clark? Is serious black Crookshanks is is serious black Crookshanks. Is is serious black Crookshanks because I think I mean, right? How Scabber seems to know something, right? Scabber seems to know stay away from this thing, not just because it's a cat because it's it's also serious black. And like we have you know, looking back, there's been an awful lot of attention on that cat. And there's been an awful lot of that cat. Just uh, it keeps coming back into the picture. And it sure seems to be, oh, yeah, in the same room as them. And then, you know, somehow magically Sirius Black appears, almost stabs someone, and then never gets found. Huh. Huh. How did he get out? Maybe he didn't. Maybe he's just the darn cat. But that would make me really upset. <clears throat> Sorry, sorry, I'm just going to keep rambling here. <sighs> because that means Lupin's helping him. Because Lupin's the big dog. Who else is the big dog? Who else has a Latin name for big dog? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no one else, right? Like, it's it's got to be Lupin is the big dog, and Crookshanks is up to no good. <sighs> if Lupin's gone, man, Lupin's the coolest. I... <sighs> really like that guy i i don't know does lupin know how to turn into it this bums me out i just I, don't even know what to say i'm sorry i just don't even know okay dementors would would notice if he was transfigured and if sirius black was transfigured into a cat they can see through disguises and transfigurations i thought that's what we were led to believe that these things were like really good at sniffing out like uh they can don't try and disguise yourself they'll see you don't try and visibility they'll see you but if you're a cat they're like what who? Serious who? What? I'm just a dementor. Like, I mean, there's a reason the Egyptians thought cats were gods. Yeah, well, cats are awesome, but like... They're pretty hard to read. <laughs> we all think that cats hate us when apparently there's science out there that says otherwise. Okay, here's the deal, though. Like, <sighs> I know this is a book written for young adults. I realize that. And there, it's like, yeah, I can bend the rules, whatever. There's going to be an explanation for everything. But if all it took... For Sirius Black to get past the Dementors was to transfigure into a cat. Dementors are literally useless. They're stupid characters. They're like useless characters. If that's all it takes is just, oh, I'm a cat now. And the Dementors are like, oh, okay, yeah, you're cool. You can get in. Like, why? Why do they even exist? Why are they protecting the most heavily guarded prison in the wizarding world? If all it needs to be is like, well, they're oh, not man. protecting a zoo. Yeah, but... Okay, so a cat walks out of Azkaban, and they're like, hey, kitty. It's just like, oh, great. No, that was Voldemort. Yeah, that checks out, I think. <laughs> I I mean, if that's all it takes. It's, okay, imagine if you were a prison guard. Yeah. And a cat comes out of the prison. A wizard guard. A wizard prison guard. You think they're just like... But they're not wizards. The people in Azkaban? Like, uh, no, dementors. They're not wizards. Well, you don't know that, but I mean, they're, they're, they, they clearly do not have the same cognitive function that true. wizards have. They swarm like flies, but man, like heavily guarded prison. All they you s- need to do is turn into a bird. <laughs> like, wow. So far we haven't seen many people turn into animals. Yeah. We've seen 
And McGonagall did One. say, usually people applaud when I do that because it's quite the feat to turn into a cat. Yeah, it, it seems pretty rare at this point mm. considering I think McGonagall is the only one that we've seen. And as far as we know, it doesn't like there's not even a name for it yet that we've encountered. Man, I know this is all purely conjecture and I don't actually know if any of this, but but like I'm just playing this out in my head, right? Like Mm -hmm. who else could the cat like the cat's got to be serious. The cat's got to be serious. What else could the cat be? And if that means that Lupin's in on it, but. Anyway, I should probably save this whole rant for like four chapters from now. And if I'm completely wrong, this is going to be egg on my face. But I'm I'm I will say that I'm now yeah, excited. You're excited. Okay. Well, that means I'm going to I don't have know what serious, that does to you. Some serious egg on my face then if it turns out that he did not escape Azkaban by turning into an animal, which I really hope. That's if that's what really happened, he turned into an animal and escaped Azkaban, I'd be like, eh, let's read something else for a bit. And <laughs> anyway, all that to say, that felt very important. Yeah, it was it was an interesting couple paragraphs where Harry wakes up, which Harry keeps waking up early. It's a plot device. That's it. It's a weird plot device. But he's device. never done it before. And eh, never He's never it. been a weird panicky early riser. Rowling's got to fit a lot into this book. <laughs> and it's not necessarily in order. So she's really got to just kind of fill every nook and cranny. And if that means yanking him up at five o'clock in the morning a couple times, so be it. It kind of helps add to the whole haze of like, well, maybe he was just seeing things. Oh, maybe he was tired. Oh, he's really tired, which means he might actually lose this Quidditch match. Like it's it's a plot device. I know. and But it's it's just, it's an interesting trend in this where... It's, it's happened a lot. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Because it happened like once in the last book. Hmm. Uh, eh, there there was like once in the last book when like I think Harry woke up at the Dursleys early Something and then like yeah. the Weasleys came to get him. Man, remember that time the diary was Voldemort? That was weird. Suddenly Voldemort. Suddenly Voldemort. Whew. Well... Anything That's... else to say on the Crookshanks dog thing? I mean, you can't really, I guess. Uh... How do you think Hermione will take that? If it is, <laughs> that'd be awkward. Uh, I think it would make a certain amount of sense and may explain a little bit of Hermione's behavior if the cat had some sort of like charming spell, which we find out is a thing. Like, there are charms. Charms yeah, are a thing. seems incredibly dangerous, for the record. To teach To have charms. a cheering charm. It's just like, I'm just going to mess with your mood. You're not going to have any autonomy in this. Yeah, it's very love potion-y, where it's like, mm, let's not do that. Yeah, it's, it's, are we teaching these kids consent? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. This was written in the 90s. We were still kind of figuring that out. I'm I'm kidding. It's been something. We've no, been... I I I think there's there's some truth to the matter that like this is why people don't trust witchcraft because yeah, yeah. there's a forfeiture of consent. Yeah, absolutely. And that to me is more problematic than most of the things that we have encountered so far. Yeah, it certainly felt weird. Be partly because it's so. Um, it, it's natural. It's we're we're 
testing you on this. This is a thing that we want you to know so well that you can do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that's next chapter. It makes me think about wizard shrinks and what they do. Mm. Antidepressants in the wizard world. Mm. Mm. Pretty weird. Let's talk about that next chapter. Cool. Next chapter. Meanwhile. Favorite quotes. Yeah. Favorite quotes. What's yours? I don't know. I'm kidding. I know. I, I wrote it down because I figured I'd forget it. Smart man. <laughs> I didn't for the next chapter, so that'll be a fun ride. So my favorite one for this chapter, 15, is on page 303. <clears throat> so it is after Harry comes out of this 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 dream. As you said, he, he does this weird waking thing, and he wakes up a lot, way too early <clears throat> in this chapter. But in this particular moment on page 303, uh, he was just dreaming about all the all the Slytherins riding dragons in the Quidditch match and that being like a whole, a whole thing. And it says, it was a few seconds before Harry remembered that the match hadn't yet taken or hadn't taken place yet, that he was safe in bed and that the Slytherin team definitely wouldn't be allowed to play on dragons. I, that's it. That's the whole quote I like. Uh, I guess I just like it because the order, I like that the way it was written was probably the order that he thought it. And that he's like, oh, uh, uh, oh, I'm safe in bed. Uh, the match hasn't even taken place yet. I messed up the order there, but oh, oh yeah. And Slytherin can't play on dragons. It's like this, I don't, it's just, it's the rule of threes and rolling is just getting better and better and better at it where it's like these two mundane things. And then it's like, oh yeah. And Slytherin can't play on dragons. It's like, you're kind of burying the lead for a moment of brevity. I mean, I, I like that, too, because that's, I mean, when you, you, you're sort of groggy and mm-hmm. and sort of that, like, touch is the first thing that you mm-hmm. become aware of, of, like, no, like, th- that that sort of soft scratchiness of my sheets. Like, yeah. that's that's where I am. And then what oh, time like, is it? Oh, the yeah, match no, hasn't taken I, place I have, That wasn't <laughs> real. I haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. And then... And then that sort of like shame that follows. Yeah, of, of like, of, well, and I believed that thing <laughs> that's so absurd. And it felt so real. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Obviously. And like, oh, why subconscious <laughs> mind? Did you think that Quidditch could be played on dragons? Right. There are very few. I'm never going to tell anyone this dream because, <laughs> gosh, it's so like embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I did not notice that line at all. And, oh, really? <laughs> and I now appreciate it. I really enjoyed that. Hmm. So question. Um, so there's there's polo, right? Riding horses. Marco, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. That's the one. So there's polo where you ride horses. There's water polo. We have horses in the water and you still use sticks. Is water polo really played so what on would horses? Quidditch be called? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Pretty sure it's not. Pretty sure it's just like humans. It's, it's just people throwing stuff. Yeah. Uh, what would Quidditch on dragons be called? What would polo on dragons be called? Sky polo? Dragon polo? Wizard polo? Wizard polo. Probably wizard polo. Wizard polo. Mm, good stuff. Definitely wizard polo. Wizard polo is played on dragons. Fire polo? Water polo. <laughs> I don't know. Tweet us. <laughs> Tweet us what you think they would call polo on dragons. 
I mean, wizard polo makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But I do kind of like fire polo since we have water polo. <laughs> water and fire polo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one you may drown, the other one you may burn to a crisp and fall out of the sky. Who knows? Barbecue. Sky barbecue. Sky barbecue. <laughs> huh. What was your favorite quote from chapter 15? My favorite co- quote was on 297. Oh. Um, and it's during the class, the divination class, before Hermione loses it. Mm-hmm. And it's that they're, they're, you know, just starting this journey of crystal gazing. And it's very <laughs> like free your mind and, uh, and just like clear it and keep away any thoughts that kind of encroach because you're trying to see something in this mist. Mm-hmm. And that, so it's just like quiet and boring in this class. And so Harry says seen anything yet harry asked after a quarter of an hour's quiet crystal gazing (laughs) yeah there's a burn on this table (laughs) said ron pointing someone spilled their candle (laughs) it's just i've been there i've been in that that boring class where suddenly Anything can become more interesting than the nothing that we've mm-hmm. been told to do. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's detention worthy. It's I'm counting ceiling tiles. <laughs> and it's just such a natural student human moment. And it, and oh, I laughed. I laughed. I enjoyed yeah, it so much. It was, it was great. <laughs> the setup was great mm-hmm. i also liked ron's quip about how being like oh there's clearly gonna be a lot of fog today <laughs> that's pretty good i'm just like that's that's funny that's yeah. he's had you know half an hour to think about that it's <laughs> <laughs> just sitting on it the whole time it seems witty but he had some time <laughs> to boil it down <laughs> yeah that's a good point <sighs> well then uh should we go to chapter 16 of harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban indeed what's that all about do tell. Professor Trelawney's prediction. Ah. And in this chapter, Pro- Professor Trelawney makes a scary prediction during Harry's final. And the trio goes to Hagrid's to support him after Buckbeak loses his appeal. And Scabbers makes a skittish return before they hear the axe fall. Yeah. Buckbeak dies, guys. R.I.P. Or so we're led to believe, yeah. Rip Buckbeak. Rip, rip Buckbeak. That's too bad. And he, like, barely got an appeal at all. And there was a whole Cornelius Fudge was kind of being, like, trying to be friendly and cool about it. And he's like, oh, man, it's a, it's, isn't it a sad day? And it's like, mm, yeah. What's sad is watching a bunch of grown men being bossed around by some person that I can't say a word for because it's a clean podcast. That's sad. Buckbeak's thing. Also it's, sad, but we, I mean, uh, we speculated about it before, and now we see it demonstrated that mm. this committee is not interested in justice. No, they're interested in disposing of dangerous creatures. Yeah, by any means necessary. Oh, sure, you get your appeal. We'll bring the executioner. Yeah, with his axe, just ready, ready, yeah. sharpened, mm. good to go. This makes me want to go on a rant about politics real bad, but that's okay. Uh, I'm not going to do that. So, yeah, Buckbeak dies at the end of the chapter. 
and they did it. They really did it. It was so sad because they were like close enough to hear it. And they tried so hard in the invisibility cloak and Hagrid's like, no, get out of here. And it was like the end of Airbud, where he tries to release Airbud on that island and he's like, No, no, run. Get away from me. Right. Yeah. Hagrid I forgot was... about that part of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Go. I just remember the newspaper part. <laughs> oh, that's fun too. <laughs> Not like, what does he tell Airbud? It's like really sad. He's yeah, like, it's like he like says mean things to make him go away, and it's just like, kid, stop that! You're killing me. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Hagrid is like that with the kids, where he's like, just go. I don't want you to hear it or whatever. It's it's not quite to that. He's he's very much like I'm protecting you. I'm in a really terrible place, and yeah. I won't leave my 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 creature. Yeah. But this is going to be awful. Yeah. And you need to not see this. And so he's trying to shield them. Yeah. And and I think that's clear. I don't think he, like, hazes them away by being a horrible person and saying terrible things to them. Yeah. And it's just, I, I just feel bad for him that, like, I agree. You don't really want 13-year-olds to see that. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I'm sad that that he is barely able to recognize, like, they're they're here for you they're here for you yeah i think he'll know that in retrospect i think he's just i just i wish it were more comforting to him yeah than it was i know i know that he he'll get it eventually and and he'll piece it together and be like oh they were there for me yeah but yeah i just wish it had been poor guy he's breaking a little more a little more soothing yeah they tried real hard they really did Tried to get him tea, tried to get him stuff, and like he broke his plate or his glass or something like that. And then, yeah, they they were trying, man. They really were. And they got there. Yeah. Which is... With the invisibility cloak that Hermione retrieved. Yeah. Not the way that I remembered the invisibility cloak reappearing. Yeah, I remembered thinking that, of course, Sirius is going to get it, and that's how he's going to get in, because now he has an invisibility cloak, because it was just sitting there. I mean, I... Obviously, I didn't remember how it came, but I was like, I, hmm. like, yeah. clearly, just, someone's got to, like, find that. Yeah. Hermione just went and got it. And, like, <laughs> she's just getting stuff done. She uh, is not waiting around for anyone anymore. She's just the best character. <laughs> I, I, you'll probably get sick of me saying that throughout the series, but this is... Never. Yeah. I feel like some days at work... Mm-hmm. When people are just keep talking and planning and planning and planning. And it's like, you know what? Like, you go ahead and talk. <laughs> I'm going to go get the thing and do it. Yeah, like, Yeah. And it may not be done the the exact perfect, most efficient way ever, but it'll be done. It'll be done. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Totally. Just someone bite the bullet. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. So not not that makes me sound like i get stuff done all the time which i do but not like (laughs) (laughs) that's okay that's okay. not like all the time and putting people to shame because i work on a great team the end um (laughs) good stuff so this appeal drew the minister of magic yeah what do you think about that Uh, that is interesting i guess because it's just you think the department would be able to handle it on their own. My expectation is they thought Dumbledore might get involved. So they just called in the big guns because even though Dumbledore is not a character in this book, 
Um, it still seems like something that maybe he would step in, and Fudge is about the only person who can really stare down Dumbledore. So I'm not even sure Fudge can do that, though. I mean, Fudge is. I mean, yeah. I, I guess I guess he has in the past. Yeah. Exhibited some some weight with Dumbledore. Yeah. And especially, I mean, if anything, just to distract Dumbledore long enough for everything else to happen. He's just, I mean, every time I think of Cornelius Fudge, he just, he becomes the Pillsbury Pillsbury Doughboy. Really? Like, he is not effective. In my mind, he's like Bilbo Baggins when he's friendly. But then he snips into, like, Bilbo Baggins when he's not friendly. Like, when he's, like, all weird and old and yelling about the ring. I could see that. I don't know. I could see how you'd get that. I just have my own casting for everybody in my head. And Fudge is like the guy that plays Bilbo in like the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, not The Hobbit. Well, I picked an animated creature made out of dough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a fair comparison too. I mean, (laughs) I don't know if he's from the UK. Oh, real quick. Speaking... This is definitely an aside. Pillsbury, that has to be English. <laughs> That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Uh, I'm curious, any UK listeners, did Hermione slap or smack? What is your What is your copy of the book say? Oh, yeah, I only have, I think I have the sixth book in the in UK the... version, so I can't check mine. Okay. So, so let you, us know. UK listeners, did Hermione slap or smack or, or do something else entirely. Hit Malfoy. Uh, because in our books, she smacked him. Anyway, sorry. I know that's the last chapter. No, I just, that's uh, fine. We have people out there, so may as well use that. Um, well, you well you, you were talking about Dumbledore. I have an observation of Dumbledore. Oh. Mr. Professor, absent from all pages, Yeah. writes to Hagrid that he will be there. Oh. Like, he is... So absent that he's apparently not even at meals when yeah. Hagrid is there. Yeah. It's so weird. Which, I, it was just so odd. I, I felt like offended <laughs> that Dumbledore didn't at least like right to him. see him face to face before this to say, I'm here for you. Now, I heard about this and I think the whole thing, it just got caught up in paperwork because Dumbledore is like, well, for this amount, I can only be on screen for about 20 minutes. Um, so that's all you're really going to get. And then I can only film one day. Back. Yeah, I can film one day. You can get me in for like max of 20 minutes, but really it's only one day. So really we're only going to get 10 minutes. You have me for 10 minutes. It's really, it's like he's been written out. Yeah, it it's, really has. Oh. It, it's and, it's and, so much like there's some weird dispute where it's like Dumbledore still matters and we'll talk about and around Dumbledore. But And it, it I was actually angry with him hmm. because he writes to Hagrid that I will be there and we're, we're there. Yeah. We're in the hut. Dumbledore's like, not there. I don't yeah. know when he got there, yeah. if he was there, but he, was, uh, he wasn't there when we were there. Oh, you know what it is? I got it. Dumbledore is Scabbers. Yeah, yeah. And and that's why Scabbers was trying so hard to get out of Ron's pocket, right? Scabbers was there hiding in the pot because, you know, he didn't want to make a scene, didn't want everybody to be there and draw attention. You know, he just wanted to be kind of a, a fly uh, on the wall, a rat in the pot, if you will. I think if Dumbledore were Scabbers, he'd be much hairier. Gross. He'd have, he'd have, a, he'd have like a legit beard. No, if, if Dumbledore could turn into any animal, he would be a goat. 
<laughs> That's true. <laughs> Dumble goat. <laughs> Greatest of all time. Uh, I found out, okay, so <clears throat> you may or may not know this, and this is probably too much information, but male goats will pee on themselves, on their face. Just, as a, just why? As a way why of, are you talking about this right now? Well, because I was putting two and two together. Okay, so it's a way of like spreading their musk and getting their smell out there and letting it known, I am a big male goat and I'm ready for action. Uh, so they'll just kind of like spread the pheromones and stuff everywhere by peeing on their faces. <clears throat> anyway, which got me thinking, maybe that's why male goats have beards to like trap as much of that as possible to really keep that scent and really keep those pheromones out there. Whereas the goats that don't have as much hair don't trap those scents and have less time exuding pheromones. Do you think this is maybe also why humans (laughs) have beards? Yes. People store some gross stuff in their beards. They they keep it. (laughs) Really? Real, real, real beard people uh, like really groom them and like real clean them. Beard people, but then there are some other beard people who don't groom as well. Where do you think Dumbledore fits into that? Do you think he's, he's peeing the, in his like, own beard, or do you think he's separate lemon drops dash in his beard? Ooh, yeah, Merlin status. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. He is Order of Merlin, isn't he? First class. Yep. First class Order of Merlin. They are known for just using their. Their beards are just kind of ordered. (laughs) It's just another utility belt item. Hmm. Dumbledore, goat. Dumbledore scabbers trying to get back into the hut, and that's why he's being so skittish. And the fact Hmm. that Hagrid is like, he says Dumbledore's going to be there, and he's like, he wrote to me he's going to be here, and then he follows it up with like, great man, Dumbledore, and it's just like. I cannot facepalm harder than yeah. I am. Just Dumbledore, Dumbledore, Dumbledore. Why, why, man? It. I don't know. He he has some splaining to do. At a certain point, he has some splaining to do because really, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on. He wasn't even at the Quidditch match, was he? Not that we saw. Not he wasn't noted. Man, he might have been there. Maybe Snape seen. was there in green. The first time we've seen him not in black. <laughs> That's a good point. Which is weird because I kind of... Snape seems like a green to me. I mean, Slytherin and all. Maybe Dumbledore is Crookshanks. That makes even less sense. <laughs> 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 but I mean... <laughs> Does it? If the dog's looping. Uh, well, if the dog comes a looping, don't go... I got nothing. Uh... <laughs> No, that'd be funny. If Crookshanks was Dumbledore, I'd, that'd make me laugh. I, I love bit. watching you like throw stuff out and then instant be, instantly be like, no, no, like <laughs> why would I even, <sighs> that does not make sense. No, not at all. It's good. It's good. So, um, the, the, you know, title action in this chapter, I think in a lot of ways is the most interesting Trelawney's prediction. Mm-hmm. What voice do you read that in? That all caps thing. I'm tainted by the movie with uh, this. Does she I go don't like... remember what how I read it the first time. I think 
And I don't know that this is how I read it the first time. Mm-hmm. Because I think this came out before the first Lord of the Rings movie. Okay. But Galadriel's, like, instead of a Dark Lord, you will have a queen, that voice. Oh, wow, her proclamation voice. Yeah. Gotcha. Huh. I think that's where my mind goes now. Cool. Oh, Galadriel. Is that how you say it? Galadriel. Galadriel. What a character. She's so glad to see you. <laughs> uh, get real. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, it was kind of weird. I wasn't sure if she was like, because it, it says like she grips the arms of her chair and her eyes roll back in her head and she just like yells in all caps, all this stuff about the Dark Lord and he's going to rise in 12 days and his servant is going to go get him or his servant's already coming. Maybe we should read it. It's pretty pretty paramount to this discussion. What does she say? The Dark Lord lies alone and friendless, abandoned oh. by his followers. His servant has been chained these 12 years. Tonight, before midnight, the servant will break free and set out to rejoin his master. The Dark Lord will rise again with his servant's aid, greater and more terrible than ever he was. Tonight... Before midnight, the servant will set out to rejoin his master. Mm-hmm. Well, that does kind of throw the whole Crookshanks thing uh, a little into disarray. Just th- th- that that last line that's like ellipses ellipsized out. Mm-hmm. Is that like like she's almost like a player piano and it like accidentally played just a little too far as it was slowing down? Like Yeah, totally. Like 100%. she she had a set prediction and and then like there was more oomph behind I think so. it. Yeah. Took too big of a breath. Uh that makes sense. Sorry, I'm looking up what page is that on? Just three twenty four. Three twenty four. Yeah, so it's saying, <clears throat> tonight, the servant will break free and set out to rejoin his master. So. So who is the servant, and how has the servant been chained, is, I think, my questions. Well, how long was Sirius Black in Azkaban? Twelve years. Twelve years. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> who else but Sirius, except for maybe, you know, the... <sighs> There's always the chance of, like, what if it's, like I said, like that other guy that apparently was blown to pieces by Sirius, but, like, what if it wasn't actually, you know, that whole thing. Uh, But breaking free, okay, from, was he turned into a cat? (laughs) (laughs) You have been cursed into cathood. You are now a cat. You'll be fluffy and adorable. People (laughs) will pet your belly. Uh, Know it all. 12-year-old is going to strangle you with her love. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, so we're led to believe it's Sirius Black. I mean, that's, that's the prisoner of Azkaban. That's who it is. Like, so, I mean, in theory, Sirius Black, but there's, there's always some kind of rolling twist of, uh, it's actually Crookshanks. It was in Azkaban. Uh, I don't know. This kind of does mess with my Crookshanks theory. 
but not really because it's Trelawney. She's a very unreliable narrator. Um, servant has been chained tonight before. She's minute. unreliable, but like this is her different state, typeface. This yeah. isn't her. Yeah, this is a very different. So night before midnight, servant. Will so is break whatever. It, is it possible that this hmm. isn't even a prediction? That it's like a possession? Oh or... yeah, I think we should take it like way seriously. I mean, I but, think, this but not, is... but not even like it. It's not a prediction. It's not a mm-hmm. prophecy. It's like someone hijacking her, uh... and speaking through her, and not speaking the truth, but planting something else. I mean. Anything stating something that hasn't happened yet is a prediction. I mean, <laughs> but it but it could be like <laughs> like it's not fact because it, <laughs> it could be like okay, let's like move along, like Voldemort like possessing her and planting lies, or could be. I don't know what good that would do anybody. I, I mean, if it was an evil force, why evil villain monologue via the teacher? Like, but it's not like. Like you mislead, you say, "Hey, yeah. here's the thing. The thing that you've been thinking is going to happen this whole time is yeah. going to happen tonight." Yeah, it's like great. We're gonna have him in the right place at the right time then, and then we can do the other thing that we didn't want him to know that we were gonna do. I don't know. Suddenly Voldemort. Suddenly Voldemort. <laughs> thing is, at the end of the day, it could be anything. Like I, I don't know. We have a couple busy chapters ahead of us, I guess. Uh, but Harry's done with finals. Finals are out of the way, right? Yep. This was his last day of finals. School Cornelius is done. Yeah. We have yeah, we've we've got a lot of night to yeah. get through if yeah. if it's six chapters in one night. I mean we just have How to much, look I mean at it. I think in the past we've seen like there's another week between finals and mm-hmm. the end of and like going home. So I guess there could be a well, and it it's just tonight that it breaks out and goes to rejoin his master, and then the master needs to regain strength and stuff. There's there's plenty of wiggle room in terms of, like, just tonight is when whoever the servant is gets out. But then the servant isn't getting out so that it can come to Hogwarts and kill Harry. It's getting out so that it can go find the Dark Lord and charge him up. So it's like there's a few days. Like, So where do you, where do you think the servant is? Uh, it's either in cat but then why break free i i don't know man this whole thing screw me up it's really hard to kill someone in cat form it's not right. like he's a mountain lion right <laughs> i mean the servant could be it's big enough to be thrown across the room <laughs> by in... an annoyed 12 year old <laughs> yeah in theory the servant could be lupin i guess uh but then if lupin's the dog then who's the cat i mean it could be serious too but then if Lupin's the servant, then what does that make serious? I don't know. The whole thing doesn't make sense, especially why... Hmm. I really just want to read the next couple chapters. This is so... There's so much to pick apart here. And at the end of the day, like, I don't know, man. Shoot. The Dark Lord's probably off in the forest somewhere. That's where he seems to go. Dining on unicorns. Drink, yeah, drinking unicorns and the all the... Unicorn cocktail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, by the way, Dan sent us the Dementor's Kiss shot. Yeah. I don't know Man, if, but, that, if that was good. something he made or if that was something... He'd give credit if credit was due. He wouldn't He wouldn't claim someone else's. He, I think he came up with that. Mm-hmm. Dan wouldn't just... I don't remember what it was. Let me let me pull it up. It involved Blue Curacao, or Curacao, and... 
some other stuff. Cinnamon. Yeah, this is we're talking about it's, the, the Dementor's kiss shot is what we're talking about here. I think we asked for Dan to make us one of those, and sure enough. Do you have it? Mm-hmm. Okay. What is it? So for the Dementor's kiss. Mm-hmm. Take a small plate, combine teaspoon sugar, teaspoon cinnamon, and a healthy pinch of chili powder. Mm. Set aside. In a cocktail shaker, combine two ounces of silver tequila, mm-hmm. 1.5 ounces lime juice, and three to five drops of black food coloring. Mm. Stir, but do not add ice yet. Take a shot glass, edge the rim with a lime, and roll the edge of your dry mixture in the plate. Mm. After it's completely rimmed, pow- pour says pout pour right. a quarter ounce of uv blue or equivalent in the bottom of the shot glass add ice to cocktail shaker shake it like a shake weight for 30 seconds <laughs> see this I is like dan recipe the- <laughs> <laughs> and and dan for us who we don't make cocktails necessarily mm-hmm. um using a cocktail strainer pour the mix very slowly all yeah. caps like Trelawney all caps uh-huh. um, into the shot glass. <laughs> if you do it right, the UV and the black tequila will mix. Mix will swirl a little. If the desired swirl isn't achieved, shake the mixture first and top with UV blue for a split level look. You can double the amounts and do more of a bath and sit in the glass for a full fledged cocktail version. Nice, good stuff. Good stuff. Dementor's kiss. So it's a uh, tequila. Serve the cocktail with dark chocolate heart as a chaser. Yay! That's the kiss part. That also makes your tummy feel better. No, that that's the the loop and remedy. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Anyway, this whole prediction thing with Trelawney, I want to give it a lot of weight. Unfortunately, it tells us virtually nothing that actually gives me something to, to hook on to. It mostly tells us something's going down. Yep. Yep. Like the thing that we have been waiting for is going to happen, which (laughs) arguably how many pages in the book also could have told us that. (laughs) Yeah, but. But also told Harry, who doesn't know how many pages are in the book. Yeah, that's true. And Harry didn't have a chance to tell anyone else. No, not a soul because the whole Buckbeak thing. Because Buckbeak happened. He lost his appeal and. So Ron and Hermione is don't know yet. Yeah. That whatever is going to happen is going to happen tonight. And he's not going to tell Hagrid because obviously the situation. Yeah, Hagrid doesn't need that. Dumbledore's and not a character in this Dumbledore's chapter. Dumbledore's not there. So, <laughs> so if, if, tell- if Hagrid had been like, Dumbledore just wrote me and Harry's like, oh, can I borrow that owl before it goes away and yeah. write a note back, please? Real quick. Hey. Pretty please. Dark Lord's servant gets out tonight. Hey, Minister. Thought you should know. I just heard a prediction. <laughs> yeah, right? No, Fudge is so, there, too. So many people. So many good adults. Hashtag tell an adult. <laughs> well. If an adult predicts that that an evil person is going to rise again, hashtag tell an adult. <laughs> okay. Hashtag is Trelawney going to tell anybody? <laughs> hashtag Trelawney doesn't even know what happened. <laughs> Do you think Which he's... is the best part. Yeah. I love that she predicts this. Do you think it's real? Do you think it's real that she has no idea what just happened? Yeah, I think when she actually does real prediction stuff and it's actually real, that's like... So is she just walking this earth feeling that like imposter syndrome? I hope so. 
because she sucks. But uh, if, if she's done this before, like if she is a true seer and she just doesn't even have a clue, mm-hmm. like, man, the imposter syndrome. And she's maybe like, I mean, I'm I'm clearly so great. And then she goes home at night and thinks like, I don't I don't know anything that's happening. I don't know I, anything at all. I hope so. And she... Dumbledore won't let me leave. Like, <laughs> he keeps employing me. And honestly, I don't know where else I would work. But pays good. I get my own little, own little part of the castle. I don't have to hang out with people, and I can look like a sequin on Christmas. <laughs> I didn't know you identified with Trelawney so much until just this moment. I just I feel bad for saying she sucks so much. I, no, I don't really identify with Trelawney. But I do feel some some sympathy for her, hmm. and and I mean, arguably some empathy for her when it comes to imposter syndrome. Yeah. Of if, if you're really good at something and don't even realize that you're really good at it, mm-hmm. and don't even have control over the thing that you're really good at, and then the whole rest of the time you just are faking it. Yeah, like that's man, that that's is not life. a great life to live. Yeah. And and doesn't necessarily have people affirming her. No, she, she has, has her Lavender and Parvati. And, yeah, Lavender and Parvati, and then everyone else thinks that she's a massive fraud. Yeah, Though, which arguably is a self fulfilling prophecy. But yeah. Though I mean, at the end of the day, crystal balls and palm palmistry and stuff like that. Like you know, there's something there, and and tea leaf reading and stuff like that. Like if it wasn't important, there wouldn't be a whole class about it, and there wouldn't be a whole wing of magic about it. Like eh, there's a community there, and there's important stuff there. It's just when she acts all hoity about it, hoity toity. That's what gets me because I, it's like it's a there's there's a certain thing. I'm skeptical about the there's something there thing. Really? Because we as humans learn more about the world and then things that we used to teach mm. we stop teaching that's a good point it's yeah. like we evolve and we become more aware and and then we're like oh this thing like we used to think the earth was flat yeah now we teach about how we used to think the earth was flat <laughs> rather than the earth is flat now it's like a history learn from this learn from our mistakes instead of uh continue believing this yeah and and it's possible i mean Mm -hmm. but before we saw this prediction like it could have been that like divination is kind of on its way out it's on its way to flatland especially like someone as traditional as mcgonagall still is just not even like yeah yeah. it'd be something you could only get at like alternative wizarding schools oh yeah that's what it is this is the alternative medicine of yeah, absolutely. It's I. It's just not medicine. I just watched a a video of of um, people using old facial cleansing. <laughs> yeah. Tactics like through the ages, and they're just absurd. What they're things they that are for, like astringent back then. What were they using? That they they went through a couple of different time periods. Hmm. So some of them were like like lick a. Uh, like a quartz or something huh. and then rub it on your face huh. and there was one that was like rub bird poop on your face <laughs> <laughs> and uh-huh. and stuff like that and most of them were like just absurd like huh? these are some of these things are things that made you sick gross yeah yeah or which is the same thing like I mean people used to take arsenic 
Mm. I think they used they used to like take arc arsenic women to achieve like that sort of blue vein look that very frail very thin very Ugh. pale look yeah yeah because that was celebrated and it was like oh you're slowly poisoning yourself yeah yeah for this ridiculous standard of beauty Ugh. sad have we so. really have we really come that far from there? no we, ha- we haven't <laughs> of course we haven't no i mean botox is well Photo- and photoshop yeah you you your appearance is not up to the standard of beauty no matter what and so we're going to just fix it yep. whenever we capture it yeah it's like mm, but that's, i look like me yeah that's <laughs> sad that's how i want to look that's how we like you that's for sure all these people who can only hear your voice mm-hmm. they love the I, I have a face for radio <laughs> <laughs> don't we all uh hmm trelawney's actual prediction <sighs> What does it mean? Who knows? I don't know. Buck Peak's dead. That sucks. Dumbledore is not around. Who's is Harry going to tell uh, Lupin? Uh, little Lupin? Where's Lupin at this whole time? Haven't heard from him in a while. Yeah, after this, like you, you would think they ran away. Mm-hmm. Buck Peak was executed. Mm-hmm. And then, like, grief. Mm. Is he going to forget to tell anyone uh, in his grief? Or, like, 15 minutes later, he's going to be, like, on top of that awful thing. Yeah, he's going to be like, hey, guys, like, I figured I should tell you. We kind of can't go back and just be sad. Well, there's just nothing actionable about Trelawney's prediction. That's the thing. What action can they... What? <laughs> I mean, when has Harry ever taken a hint? Like, Yeah, but, like, where do you even start? Like, okay, he's the prisoner's getting free of his chains, and he's going to go find the Dark Lord, like... Where do you even start? He's totally going to tell Lupin. He's going to tell Lupin and be like, get the map. Because oh, that way you do. Yeah. That's what you do. That's a good call. Yeah. Get the map. We're going to go find him. Let's watch those dots. Yeah, that's got to be it. Because Lupin has like the one tool that they could use to figure out where people are moving around. That map, obviously, is, is yeah. Chekhov's map. So, yeah, I think he's got to talk to Lupin. Got to get that map back. Got it all grouped together. Maybe he's going to have that weird, the same face-off that he had with, oh, what was that terrible professor last book? Uh, Lockhart? Lockhart. Maybe he's going to have like a Lockhart-type showdown with um, Lupin in Lupin's office where he's like, I need that map. And Lupin's like, you can't have the map. And he's going to be like, no, but I I, I need that map. And he goes all wolfy on him. And he goes all wolfy on him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Goes wolfy on the boy. And... Uh, maybe that's and then the boy happen. cries wolf and no one believes him <laughs> it's like guys I, he turned into a wolf Hermione would believe him Hermione is like finally gosh <laughs> yeah I just love the trailer and he's going to be blindsided by it <laughs> like you said imposter syndrome she doesn't even know he's a werewolf uh, too funny too funny yeah I think he's going to talk to Lupin though and there's either going to be a big thing about the map or Lupin's going to totally be helpful or <sighs> I just, the whole Crookshanks thing, I just wish I knew how that fit into it because Crookshanks, it matters. It matters. And it either means Lupin's a bad guy or Lupin's been doing good things and somehow this cat's a good guy. Uh, That's just not how these books tend to go, though. We're rarely surprised with, like, surprise, this person's actually a really good guy. It's rarely happens that way. Um, Rarely, he says, after having read two. Hey, so far. 
pretty rarely. <laughs> Two does not a pattern make. I know. I mean, Snape's... I think Snape's going to be a good guy, kind of. Ish. <laughs> anyway, well, what are you... You backed away from that so fast. Man. You're like, I'm going to drop this and just... Just, just, just walk away. Many. Don't look at that. Just lay in there. <clears throat> oh. I didn't drop that. <clears throat> what is your uh, favorite quote from this chapter, Alyssa Small? What you got? My favorite quote is on page 237. Mm. That's a lie. It's on 327. (laughs) That makes a lot more sense. (laughs) So it's it's when the trio arrives at Hagrid's. And he gets a little upset with them for being there, but he still ushers them in. And we just get this first clear look at Hagrid awaiting Buckbeak's execution and it's Hagrid was not crying nor did he throw himself upon their necks he looked like a man who did not know where he was or what to do this helplessness was worse to watch than tears sad I'm not I'm I, I don't think I've been in that place many times in my life that point of like I am so lost that I can't even cry Mm. or I'm so spent Mm. that I can't even cry. And like we proceed to see Hagrid like, like unable to perform simple motor functions and just entirely scattered. Like he can't, his, his thoughts are, are wisps. They're, they're just amorphous and, I just, it's a really beautiful way to write that awful, like, pre-grief. Yeah, yeah. The morning has already begun, and he's just still in that stage of, I mean, he's swapping between stages. But, yeah, that's sad. How about (sighs) you? Man, you didn't pick a fun one at all. I know, I'm sorry. I picked a fun one last time. That's true, it was a good one. Mine's a little more fun. Because Hermione is so funny. So, <clears throat> pitch three, seventeen. Exams week began with an unnatural. Uh, there's a lot there. Hold up. So we're talking about exam week. How everyone's just real quiet. Mm, let's see. Transfiguration. Sorry, I'm trying to give context here. So they're walking out of their transfiguration class for their transfiguration final. I want to say. I think that that counts. Exam. Yeah. So they had to turn a teapot into a tortoise, <laughs> which is an awesome exam. That's made me wonder. From that, can they bestow sentience? <laughs> you know, I was wondering about that, especially with like the what the mouse in the matchbook or something. Can like they that. create life? And like, which is more or less cruel? Turning a transfiguring a teapot into something that is sentient Mm -hmm. or or a mouse into something that isn't i don't know this whole thing is playing god though and they should not be doing completely it's it's not cool to do this (laughs) don't try this at home kids (laughs) yeah please don't (laughs) but let's see hermione irritated the rest by fussing about how her tortoise had looked more like a turtle which was the least of everyone's worries (laughs) 
I so relate to that. <laughs> Hermione's like, oh man, oh, class, it just went perfectly, except for it's just a looked just a bit too aquatic. It's it's its shell was just a bit too smooth, and and it. I just love, I love that nitpickiness because a turtle and a turtle are two different animals. We're talking like land versus amphibian, like <laughs> like lives a hundred years versus lives. 20 years like we're talking like different creatures entirely so i just love that um i just love that hermione was like focused on that while everybody else was like yeah mine still had steam coming out of its tail oh it was this whole thing and she's like nah it just had a webbed feet and i wasn't cool with that it's like man i was supposed to turn my writing desk in- into a raven and it, it was a blue jay instead and <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah, but it was a perfect blue jay, so back off. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it was magnificent, okay? Who cares if it can dig, all right? You created a creature with sentience. Mine had steam for brains, so. <laughs> oh, that's cruel. That's very cruel. Exactly. <sighs> this is scary stuff. Like, yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, it, it, there's there's the whimsy to it that makes it less scary, but when you really start thinking about it. <laughs> it's freaky. It's like, 12-year-olds should not be able to do this. Yeah, yeah. They no, are tiny gods. Pretty creepy, especially you think like what a maligned twelve-year-old would do. You know, I mean, think of Malfoy. Yeah, pretty weird. You ever caught turtles, Alyssa? No. What? Seriously? Oh man, I was. Uh, it was a couple of years ago. We were out on kayaks, and there was all these turtles around, and you could just lift them up with your oar and grab them. Oh, they're great. I love turtles. I think we should make a Wordstruck drinking game. Where every time and it's I- finish your drink every time Clark mentions an animal <laughs> that's not in the chapter. Y'all are going to be smashed by the end I mean, of we, we can't do sips episode. with the animals because, mm. uh, oh, but some of these, some of these you'd be, you'd, you'd need your stomach pumped, pumped. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah. I can't help it. They're just awesome. It's I, I just need to like volunteer to zoo more so I can. Yes. Yeah. Do that. I need to meet a porcupine, just like mono mono. There are interns at the zoo. Yeah. Learned that this week. Really? Yeah. Well, someone's got to scoop the poop, right? That's right. <laughs> That's what interns do. I Get think coffee so. and scoop poop. <laughs> scoop poop and feed the irritating animals. <laughs> feed anything that eats mealworms. Anyway. Whew. Quite the chapter. Um, Don't look at the next chapter title. Don't. Y- you usually like leaf through, and you're like, "These are the next chapters." Don't do it this Don't time. Don't do it. Okay. Well, next time on Wordstruck, we're reading chapters 17 and 18, and I'm totally Mystery reading titles. them tonight. <laughs> That's right. I'm excited. Right. Well, hey, thanks everyone. Uh, if you're liking Wordstruck, you should reach out to us through our channels that Alyssa will tell you about. We are on Twitter at WordstruckPod and on Instagram at WordstruckPod, on Facebook, WordstruckPodcast, on Gmail, WordstruckPodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> and uh, you can reach out directly to me. I'm at Alyssa Small on Twitter and Clark is at Clark Hodges. Thanks so much, everybody. And we'll catch you next episode. Bye. Bye.